0: Yes, yes. Welcome into another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the Home studios. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan. Welcome in to another edition of Questions from the Audience, all made possible by Iron Kelly, the Home Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, Mike Judy of Mike Judy Presents at MikeJudyPresents.com, and Johnny Landoff Chevrolet at Highway 270 in the Washington Elizabeth Exit, online at Landoff.com, and by our friends at PGA National, PGA National Resort. That is where you can go to enjoy some Cardinal baseball and Jupiter, Florida, And golf and a spa, and it is absolutely perfect. I am looking out as we speak. Oh, I'm looking out at a golf course and a golf cart, and I would say it's 85 degrees. So why don't head on down with your significant other, with the family, uh, with some buddies for a golf weekend, with the girls for a spa weekend, whatever the case might be, they have it for you along with incredible restaurants and a world-class spa, five golf courses, A phenomenal resort. You couldn't really ask for more. It's all there. This pool that I love so much. It's like a Las Vegas pool. It's truly something to behold. It's online at PGAResort.com. We have some listeners coming down here in a few weeks. Looking forward to uh, getting a chance to to catch up with them. It's all coming up, and you can experience it as well. It's PGAResort.com, PGA National, a sponsor here of the Tim McKernan Show as we broadcast from jupiter florida questions from the audience always enjoy digging into the questions that people may have and a couple of them are from uh what i would describe as timely in nature um in addition to some ones that uh, that are evergreen and we start with with what i kind of figured might be the case um the adam wainwright interview that uh that that wound up getting national attention. I guess while I'm sitting here, let me see how many times it's been viewed now. Uh, Gangster Pete is back in the uh, the uh, HomelandExpert.com studios in St. Louis. Last time I checked Gangster Pete, it was over 100,000, I would imagine. We're at 108,000 views. Wow. 108,000 views. Uh, as you were listening to that, did you think that that was going to turn into what it's turned into? I mean, I honestly? didn't see it turning into what it turned into. I mean, no. I thought it was interesting for sure. I think the fact that if you just isolate the 12 seconds and it's where he says, unless something changes, there's going to be a strike 100%. I'm just worried people are going to walk out mid season. I think if it ends before I'm just worried people are going to walk out mid season, I don't think it gets as much attention. Right. Um, But anyway, let me answer. Let me, let me read the question and then answer the question. Tim uh, loved the spring training coverage. Uh, You guys did a great job last week at spring training. I'm curious what your favorite interview was, and then specific to the Adam Wainwright interview, is that a situation where he winds up getting upset with you or with the show for all the attention the interview he did with you got? Uh, Thanks, love the podcast, and love the show. Uh, That comes from Michael, Michael T. Um, Let's see. With regard to um, my favorite interview, uh, boy, I... I guess the way, but Wainwright, I would have said before even he gave his candid of an interview as he did, that he is always the person who has, in my experience anyway, with this group of players and management, the highest ceiling. But oftentimes he just either doesn't want to do it or he'll, he'll be like, I got five minutes and it's got to be five minutes. And, and so, it, so you just don't get into it. Now, my understanding with how it all came to pass, I was sitting at the, uh, the picnic table, the famed picnic table, and he told Iggy, uh, I've got two minutes, and then I think Iggy said, how about five minutes? I believe that's, that's how it came to and then he just sat down. I'm like, oh, sweet, didn't even know we were getting him. And so um, the thing about the interview, like I've had a few people go, that was a great interview, well done. And I always say this, and I will, I, I'll say it until the day I die. The quality of an interview is always, always in the listener or viewer or reader's mind, and it's nothing wrong with any of the three, um, dictated by the, the caliber of the answers of the interviewee. Now, the interviewee can ask questions that can make uh, the interviewer can make and ask questions that can make the interviewee more comfortable uh, or things that can be said that you're like, wow, this person clearly did some research or this person understands where I'm coming from and there becomes some relatability, uh, which then can lead to better um, – I don't know what the right word would be because responses makes it sound – but just making the person more comfortable that the, for lack of a better term. And in this case, when I've I've received compliments on the Wainwright interview, I mean, if you go back, and and so once the thing took off, I then included on my Twitter feed at T. McKernan um, the context of how it all came to pass, which really, I mean, I wouldn't call it embarrassing because it's the same stupid shit we've been doing forever, but it all happened because he sat down and I said, so uh, how are you feeling? Uh, Just kind of mocking that dumb line of questioning and then he and he said, "Oh, I thought it was going to be another stupid question." And I said, "Really? What what question that be? Is this your last year?" And then he made kind of a joking voice, and I said, "Oh, I know better than that one." But I did ask Bill DeWitt yesterday about Bryce Harper, so I'm not, I'm not above asking obvious questions. And and then I followed up, and he cut me off, and I said, and I asked Goldschmidt about his contract, and he said, "Oh, what did he say about Bryce Harper?" And I'm like, "Oh, thank you. See, it's a good question. I'm glad it piqued your curiosity." And then he just took it and he ran. So sometimes I feel like, okay, I did a good job making the person I wanted to interview comfortable. And then it created an environment to get candid answers. I think a podcast lends itself to that. Um, And then there are times where I just don't know the person and or the person's just not in the mood to talk. And there's just nothing you can do. Or I just didn't do a good job. But no matter what, it's always the interviewee's answers that dictate the caliber of the interview. It just it just doesn't it just doesn't change. And then on the other side of it, by the way, if the interviewee kind of chastises the interviewer for the question, oftentimes people go, "Oh, that was a shitty question." When in reality it might not have been a shitty question. Um so much of it's about tone. I'm telling you there's some Italian phrase that Frank Cusimano uses that means the fine hand. Um maybe I'll ask my wife about it uh, as an Italian American. And, and I'm just like that, that from, from a political standpoint, from how you, how you work with people, from how you handle interviews, take your, take your pick from how you interact with listeners, whether it be over email or in person or whatever, from my perspective, it's so important because the tone and I, it's not like I execute it flawlessly. I get pissy and, and lose my shit and I lose the fine hand. So that, that to me is the key. So with regard to Wainwright, Wainwright's not mad at all. Uh, then it'd be one thing if I'm like just taking quotes and there was no video and then he'd be like I didn't say that I mean there's video but so so I, I understand the question but it's that's not the case and then secondarily um, you know I, I just saw him less than 45 minutes ago uh, secondarily I think he's I think when it gets down to it I think he stands by everything he said now He's gone on Twitter and explained more. I know Peter Gammon showed up at the Cardinals camp the next day to talk with Wainwright about it. My, my theory is this, and nobody's, nobody's told me this by any means, so I always want to make that clear when I'm, when I'm espousing theses, um, that the Players Association has said, or some veteran players have said to other veteran players, if you're asked about it make sure you give a blunt answer. Um, and so I think Adam Wainwright is certainly one of those people who would fall in that category if he's in the mood to talk, and it just so happened he was in the mood to talk, which was weird because he had just done three TV interviews, and usually when we get them after that happens, they just want to get out of there quickly. So that that was an opportunity for him to talk about it. He talked about not only Machado and Harper, but also uh, Keichel, and, and he really got worked up by Craig Kimbrell, and uh, and he's passionate about it. And I think people appreciate that. The thing is, anytime a major league ball player talks about money and how they're not happy with money, and the minimum is $500,000, um, and you're talking about somebody who has made tens of millions in their career, and he hasn't... You know, had great years on on some of these years where he has made a lot of money. It just doesn't. It, it no matter what, it it's not going to play great, and that's what Wainwright experienced. And then he went to Twitter to explain himself further. You know, it, it, the way I look at it is, I know he's a really good guy. Um, I also think he's really sincere this isn't about him. I mean, he's, he knows, I mean, he's pitching for $2 million this year, and it's like an incentive-based contract. Now, again, $2 million. We'd all enjoy it, almost all of us. If there are podcasters listening right now who will make more than $2 million per year, I tip my cap. Um, I would imagine we could count them on one hand, but who knows, as far as listeners at this exact moment who are uh, listening to this podcast. Um, but relative to what he has made, it's not It's not nearly what he was making, and I think he just likes to pitch. So I do think for him this is a a gesture of trying to convey the frustration of the players. The better way to probably have taken it, if you want to, like, again, and it's easy to Monday morning quarterback it with the time to think through it, would have been something along the lines of, you know, we're frustrated these guys aren't signing, but what about the fans? We feel badly for the fans. The fans are paying their hard-earned money. And they're not getting a chance to see the best players in the game. And we don't understand it. But it is a shame that the fans show up to the ballpark. And they want to see the best players play. And these guys currently aren't signed. And we're just not sure why. And so we feel really badly for the fans. You can never go wrong with that. But that's not the route that he took. That's like a PR firm spin. And so from that standpoint, I appreciate his candor. And... You know, I, and I also know he was speaking from the heart. So anyway, now if he would have, and I have no idea how he would have been upset with me, but I don't know, maybe, but but he wasn't, just to be clear, or with TMA. Uh, but Doug was back in the studio. The cat wasn't at the picnic table, so essentially it was just me and him going uh, at the time anyway. So anyway, um, I hope that answers the questions regarding the Adam Wainwright interview uh, that we had on TMA. If you haven't listened to it, you can podcast it, uh, subscribe to the podcast of TMA, or... Um, Listen to it on InsideSTL.com. Hey, we're in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, and these studios are in Jupiter, Florida for Cardinal Spring training all the way through the end of March. Uh, Already have a long-form interview with Alex Reyes that is coming your way. Jay Williamson, the uh, St. Louisan who has spent time on the PGA Tour and is now re-entering the Champions Tour, our guest this week. And what I was supposed to do today, and I just returned from Roger Dean Stadium, uh, was an interview with Dexter Fowler. Now along those lines. Well, let me let me make this clear. Without the com, we're not down here. Without the com, we don't have a podcast. So, support the sponsors. You're buying a home, you're refinancing a home, make sure you're doing business with Ryan Kelly and the com team. He can save you money, but also the process is going to be as smooth as can be it's Ryan Kelly, the com. With regard to Dexter Fowler, there is not an interview down here in baseball anyway that I am looking forward to. And have wanted to do more than Dexter Fowler. I said it on TMA. Um, There, it is my belief that there is a great interview to be had with Dexter Fowler, and I certainly am going to do my best to uh, get him to be open and candid. Um, You know, it's it's not the goal to like stir the pot. I just, I just, I just, I just sense. That there's a there's there's a lot that he is held in, um, and so I'm really looking forward to it. It's the same way I felt going back to January of 2018 when I had an interview with Mike Matheny, and I was and I went into it and I'm just like I have no idea what I'm going to get, but I feel like there's a there's a there's an interview here to be had, uh, where I I I know there's a lot in there and he hasn't he hasn't uh, conveyed it. So that's how I feel with Fowler. With the Matheny one, I I don't know how many emails I received or tweets or Facebook messages regarding, wow, I wish he would talk like that when he's at the podium. He seemed like a completely different guy. Um, With Dexter, I've communicated with him a variety of times. Uh, Now we're doing it tomorrow. At least that's what it's scheduled for. And I said, man, we don't even have to talk about baseball. I just want to BS with you. Um, And and we'll see what winds up happening. I know... I know what I'm looking forward to doing, but it, it like I said, regarding the Wainwright interview, like I don't deserve any compliments for that, because it was Adam Wainwright. So uh, if Dexter is not necessarily, you know, wanting to, you know, say anything that could uh, make him go, oh God, now I got another distraction, then you know he's going to keep bottled up, and and I respect that. I totally get it. Paul Goldschmidt, perfect example. Um, I don't know if you could find a more polite star baseball player than Paul Goldschmidt for real but Paul Goldschmidt I don't know if it's just I don't know if it's a conscious strategy or if it's just how he is he just has zero interest in really giving too many interviews that are gonna that are gonna give you much it's fine I don't take any offense to it with Dexter I think he's first off I know he's a very intelligent guy but then secondly with what he has experienced and his family's experience, and then the, f- the relationship between him and the fan base. I just feel like there's a lot there. So we'll see. So I'm talking to you before I do the interview. We'll see how it plays out, um, you know, if and when it happens. It's supposed to happen tomorrow. Uh, we shall see. All right, let me go into the TMA fan page and see what we got. Hypothetically speaking, knowing what you do at this moment uh, about anything and everything, life slash business, et cetera, what career would you want for yourself if you could start all over at 23, assuming no changes in family, friends, relationships, and let's say you can't choose radio, TV, or anything closely related to your current employment situation? Wow. I just flipped onto the TMA fan page, and that pops up, so now i got to, like, do some, uh, do some thinking. I mean, it's like my job would be if i could just pick it would be pga player but if but at 23 you're you're past the point of the delusions of being a professional athlete for 99.96% of the population now if you say at 11 i could maybe say that uh even though i don't think i had played golf at that point um but at 23 i don't know I, entrepreneurial ventures would be my answer um that's what I love I don't think I know I wasn't thinking that way at 23 at 23 I just started at KMOV in 2000 um but entrepreneurial ventures I I uh it's it, it, it people are cut from different cloths and and all and factors contribute to what you're cut from but um you know getting married later and not having a child until um Uh, Let's see, I was 40. That allowed me, and also kind of in a sense, also penalized me business wise because I was the guy who could take the chances, and so kind of fell on my shoulders to take the chances. Um, But it allowed me to take chances. So once, you know, if I were 22 and and had Jameson, you know, that, that changes the game. So that's why, you know, you kind of look at everything by a case by case basis. So um but just entrepreneurial ventures like my mind as i'm sure many of you who kind of have the same thing um it's always like okay could this could this work and then okay what would what would work here what's the drawback here and then you kind of pursue them and then you see what's working and what's not working and then you refine it uh that to me is the play and part of it is it certainly has huge upside it also has my god an infinite floor um But for me, I know the way that my mind works and what motivates me, and I always, I don't always, but I know that I am at my best when I think that there is still something big to come. And so if you're an entrepreneur, you can still be, even if you're completely delusional, it's kind of like the professional athlete thing. At 23, you know, it's over, so your version of being a professional athlete is now an entrepreneur Um, I mean, anybody can start a business, but a business that is actually profitable and, you know, sticks around and, you know, has a positive reputation, uh, that to me is something that I would be thinking more of. And therefore, I would have been more attentive to business, which is a monster regret, both with my own personal finances and professional finances. Uh, Not that it was... um, with business, irresponsible finances. But as I've said many times, anytime I talk about Mark Hanna of Evergreen Well Strategies, my personal finances, it's just like, ugh. You know, and I, and I, and I, I per the agreement with the great Mark Hanna, uh, I have to talk about it. But every time I go into the spot, it's like I get fired up to talk about it. But I'm like, it, it takes me, it's like a flashback to, like, ugh, what was I doing? Um, which is why, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever the case might be, m- meeting with Mark Hanna is, just can't advise it enough i really can't i was meeting with a guy back then you know and they'd talk about 401k and you're just going "Eh, i don't know who cares and it's like oh you're gonna take a couple hundred dollars out of my paycheck i don't want that you know i would rather spend it on going out i won't turn 70 and you know or 65 or whatever the hell it is for 300 years so i and it's just not the way it works i'm just telling you that that is my main goal with my son is to make sure he is much more well-educated when it comes to money management than I was. Mark Hanna. Maybe I'll have maybe I'll have Jameson meet with Mark Hanna. I've been 17 months old. Mark Hanna reminded me uh, that last year the government passed a tax law that lowered taxes for most people to some of the lowest we've ever seen. But the W-2s and 1099s are coming in. So think about how much mo- of what we make goes to paying taxes. Taxes are already one of the biggest expenses that most people ever pay do you ever think about what might happen if taxes go up? This is a great time to look ahead to the future and come up with a strategy. Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies helps everyday people every day get their finances organized. Call him at 314-889-0503. That's 314-889-0503. Or go online to evergreenstl.com. It's Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Uh, Let's see. I had a Bunch of questions in an email, and I got to go back to the email um, QFTA file. Let's see what we got here. I thought this was uh, an interesting one, and I'm I'm, I'm glad I get. I, I don't know if anybody ever th- thinks this. It kind of allows me to set the record straight. Tim, I know you have discussed what happened with Martin in the past. Uh, this is a Martin Kilcoin question. But my question is more about the relationship he has with the Dais, i.e., the people on TMA. Does he have a grudge with you since that time? Other hosts will sit in on TMA like Chuck, but Martin never fills in or seems to communicate with any of you. Thank you. That's Matt. Uh, this is this is uh, th- this is a surprising question. Um, the only other person at KFNS who co-hosts TMA is Charlie Marlowe. So like Frank Cusimano doesn't. Um, you know, uh, Frank Opinion doesn't, John Hadley, T.J. Moe, Cam Jansen, Bob Ramsey. I guess Bob Ramsey filled in during that weekend between Christmas and New Year, so I have to strike that from the record. But, I mean, it's, it's Jay and Charlie. It's Jerry Randolph Jr. and Charlie Marlowe. Um, so just to be clear on that, and, again, it's one person asking. This isn't like something that's experiencing some kind of trending topic in St. Louis media. But to be crystal clear, there is absolutely zero – Negativity between Martin Kilcoin and myself. I don't believe there's any negativity whatsoever between Martin Kilcoin and the cat and Martin Kilcoin and Doug at, at all. It's not even a thing. I guess just because you don't hear us interact, then I, I suppose if you're like looking for things, then you go, oh, I wonder why they don't interact and why he doesn't co host. But, you know, I mean, that's got nothing. It, you know, it, we just have a rotation. It's like, yeah, Frank Cusimano doesn't co host either, but it, we like Frank. Um, so, Yeah, there's nothing to that. I'm trying to be polite with the question while also being direct. Um, And as far as for those who don't know what happened, Martin Martin left the show in 2006, but that had nothing to do with, um, you know, the cat or me or uh, producer Joe had been fired like a month or two before that. It was just he was getting frustrated with Jason Barrett. He he got frustrated with Jason Barrett, but he was getting frustrated and then it exploded and that that was it. but I uh, to to drive home, how big of a fan of Martin's I am um, and it's always an awkward thing to say because it's not a shot at anybody else at all, but I think and I haven't hosted a show with Martin on a regular basis in God Almighty, it's almost been 13 years um, but Martin has one I, I think Martin is. One of the most talented people I've ever worked with, easily. You know, it's just it just depends on what you're, what you're, you know. But for me, it's like his mind is so quick. He can convey an opinion being serious, uh, brilliantly, and he's so cutting with his sense of humor and quick. Um, I think it's great when you have somebody in television who isn't afraid to give his opinion. Um, so, you know, for my money, Martin is is you know. But I mean, I say the same thing about Doug and the cat in the sense that the minds are so quick. And that's the thing about TMA when, you know, there is a reason why there is a set kind of rotation as far as the people who come in there. Martin could obviously do it. Martin did it. Uh, Martin was the captain of the ship from 2004 through 2006. Um, but it kind of it's a kind of a high speed show. Even though it's going nowhere, even though it's a boat that is anchored in a sea of nothingness, those of us running around on the boat are moving around quickly. And, uh, and so you got to be able to, to, to play the offense quickly. And Martin's mind is so damn quick. So I hope that answers the question. I hope it's clear that I'm not like, oh, there is some big thing between Martin and Tim or Martin and Jim or Martin and Doug or Martin and anybody. It's just, it's just not at all. It's just Martin and – like I don't fill in like on Martin's show. And honestly, if they asked me, I really wouldn't want to do it. But it's got nothing to do with Martin or Charlie, who I both think the world of. I just really wouldn't want to do it, you know. Like I guess if somebody threw me some money that made it worth my time, you know. But I'm not. I'm just not looking to do it. I mean, Martin, as a sports director and has been a sports director for like close to 20 years, and has a radio show. Martin doesn't need to get up at 5:30 or 6 to roll in and fill in on TMA. You know what I mean? So it's kind of uh, that's kind of how I would uh, describe it. Uh, I liked this question, although I'm not really sure where it's going. Um, so, uh, Pete, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you what your perspective is on this question, but when I saw it, when did it come in? It came in after we recorded QFDA last week uh, at 8.31 p.m. from Tucker, but P.S. Not Caller Tucker. Tim, over the past year, Fox has started to bring satirical guests on their shows. Most of these guests come from Barstool. While the company is thought of as not being PC, assuming you're talking Barstool, they have no political affiliation and wouldn't cater to the typical viewer base. Portnoy, Dave Portnoy, or El Presidente, is often a guest on Tucker Carlson, who's a barstool guy. Tommy Smokes was on the Ingram Angle, uh, and which later turned into an SNL skit. Chad Kroger and J.T. Parr, the Cali bros, were almost regulars on Waters World. My question is this. In a time where page views are king, why have other networks taken after the same model? Thanks, Tucker. P.S. Not Caller Tucker. Um... Gangster P, do you have any thoughts on that before I attempt to answer it? Uh, no, I've noticed that they do have a lot of Barstool personalities on there. Uh, I think kind of the Barstool personalities, they're like their own kind of like business within a business, each person. You know, it's like its own company. They're Prand. They're That's right. Hashtag Prand. Uh, I think I think from a gaining viewer state, like I, like I. here's one of the things. Here's something. I'll tie it together, and it always has to go back to the adult film business for me. But I would always find amusing back when it mattered. I don't know if it still does. In what It was February sweeps, it was May sweeps, and November sweeps. Those were the big books for advertising agencies. So the TV networks and the local stations would do these uh, titillating stories to get people to watch newscasts. It's, you know, ABC poker. I don't know if it still goes on as much and with streaming. I mean, the world could be completely different. But anyway, I digress. And you would have these shows or these news stations, you know, doing stories on adult and or women, you know, who are, you know, considering getting into the adult industry. And then, of course, doing it with this p- c- pearl-clutching approach, like, we're appalled by this. But since it's November and we got to get some ratings, we're going to utilize it. So, um, you know, it's just, it's 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 fraudulent, it's hypocritical, it's, it's standard. But again, as somebody who openly talks about pornography and having a different view on the world of sex than the vast majority of, at the very least, people who are uh, the ones that are out front for these these media empires. Um, I shall continue to be the bad guy and the pervert, and that's fine. So whatever, um, I'm pervert boy, and and I'm comfortable with the label. I just also will have to push back on how I'm. I'm quite confident that I'm not the only one funding these operations. With that said. Um, as far as getting people to watch a program, it's a smart strategy because Barstool has a huge audience, and it's an audience that I think if they don't know that uh, Dave Portnoy, El Presidente, is going to be on Tucker Carlson, I can't imagine the Barstool audience going, oh, sweet, it's 7 o'clock Central, Tucker's on. It's In other words, it's not a lot of overlap, so you're bringing in new people at the table. So I think it's shrewd. Um, I suppose, and I, I, don't, I, I don't know, I was reading the question here, I don't know about, I, I'm familiar with the Waters World thing, and when I'm familiar with Laura Grant, so I guess I'm familiar with the shows, I don't watch them, um, but, uh, I, so I, I, I mean, you know, I don't know, it's like when I'm working out down here, I think I talked about this last week or two weeks ago, and I go into the gym at PGA National, and they have Fox News, so it's Fox and Friends on in the morning. And like I, I notice, and it's I try not to watch it. It's like Greaters of the Lost Ark. I don't want to look at the Ark of the Covenant. I feel like I'll just start burning. Um, and they're like chastising media outlets for the way they're covering things. And I'm just like, this is this is phenomenal self awareness. I can't. But I mean, it's it's you know it's six thirty in the morning. I was like, this is not, I'm just not interested in this this type of shit. So I don't know. I have no idea who is attempting to do credible news programs on cable news. And that's not to say that they aren't. I just don't watch them. Fox News, uh, CNN, whatever. I, I mean, if they're trying to be credible, like the like the thing that goes on between... Um, Andrew Cuomo and Don Lemon were, you know, they're like handoff in between their two shows makes me so it's so cringy. And I always go back to Brooke Baldwin and like the condescending delivery. And how about this today from the Republic? I'm just like, what in the hell are you doing? And this is again this is coming to somebody who's more on the left. So I don't. So the, here's here's the reason I say all of this. If you're trying to be credible then that wouldn't be the best way to do it. But if you're just trying to bring in the most viewers, which is cer- certainly what I think everybody at this point is doing, it's like credibility is out the fucking window. We're going to play it into our bubble. And so who cares, you know? So from that standpoint, it's good business. Um, would it be considered what I th- thought was going on 15, 20 years ago with media and journalism? No, but uh, it's so batshit that, it, it, you know, I mean, they could bring anybody on at this point, and And they, I guess they do. So from that standpoint, my answer to you, Tucker, who is not Caller Tucker, is I think it's shrewd as far as gaining viewers, Um, but I mean, I'm not like a loyal Laura Ingram viewer to to know what she normally tries to do. So if they're trying to come off as a credible show, I would say that that's an, you know, like what if I popped up on Rachel Maddow, you know, um, or whatever conservative show, like on Hannity, you know, here's my take, you know, guy talking about. Brazzers rolling out nina hartley in back-to-back weeks and being unhappy about it but yeah let me let me give you my thoughts on the wall you know i mean i but yeah it would bring in a group of 20 and 30 somethings in st louis i'm not sure that's exactly the, the most optimal strategy for increasing viewership but so i get it i just you know as far as credibility goes it's like there's an indirect correlation but i i don't know if anybody even gives a shit about credibility hey uh james carlton Uh, is a great sponsor of this program. He's online at carltoninsurance.net. 314-961-4800. James Carlton of Carlton State Farm Insurance in Webster Groves. You see all these commercials for insurance agencies. Holy moly. I I would have to think. I wonder wonder what the percentage is during a sporting event, Which just one of these national insurance companies. And I get it, I guess, because I guess you can get stuff really cheaply, but you get what you pay for. And I am so happy with the switch to James Carlton and to just know that I'm covered and to know that somebody's monitoring it for me. And then to also, here's the other thing. I mean, listen, James is running a business, so he wants to make money, but it's also not at the irresponsible cost. So, for example, um, I was talking about getting a policy, and he goes, yeah, I think that's too much. I don't think you need that. And I'm like, wow, look at you. You know, you just cost yourself money, but you're being honest. I tip my cap. That's... It's that and his attention to detail and the fact that when you call his place, you know somebody's going to pick up during business hours. It's all so rare. I really do, in a major way, uh, recommend uh, doing business with James Carlton. 314-961-4800. 314-961-4800. That's James Carlton, carltoninsurance.net. All right, so one more question, and it comes from the email. Uh, Hey, Timothy, Look at that, formal. I was wondering if you ever had a situation where you regretted not speaking out publicly about something. Some context. I recently had a situation at work where someone was let go and then started leaking information publicly regarding their termination. I know the person was being misleading at best and dishonest at worst and was likely trying to make my organization look bad. I really wanted to speak out about it but didn't do so because of fear for my employment. I'm just hoping I don't look back one day and wish I had said something at the time. I'm not in a high-level administrator position, so who knows if I would have been believed. So to me, as the smart people say, the juice was not worth a squeeze. Uh, again, I really enjoy the show. Thanks. That comes from Adam. And for the record, that's not caller Adam either. Um ah, Good question. <sighs> I'm kind of I'm in the tank as they say so I know there's like a Jim Rome pause but that's because I'm in the tank and by the tank I mean I'm in deep thought um uh, I don't know um I think I'm happy with the fact that in a major way um I've kept things in the room um because I'm trying to think of a time where I didn't keep something in the room, especially since, like, Inside STL started operating radio program in 2010. But, I mean, it's fair to look at other things, too, where you kind of pop off. And I don't know. I, I don't know. Gangster Pete, can you think of anything? You have a sounding board. I mean, I can't think of anything where you popped off. I know you've definitely kept things in the room. Right. Yeah, because now that you're part of the uh, the room, you, you're aware of uh, some of these things. So, I... I just, I don't, they're, they're, I don't know, I feel like inevitably, it's like I almost want to write some of this or type some of this stuff out, so if like I were to just like perish, uh, like people can go, oh, so that's what happened with that. Oh, you know, so I'd like people to know, because um, there's so, there really are so many things, and for the people who care about this stuff, and I realize we're not talking about, you know, 100,000 people at all, but for the people who are really into TMA and into podcast and all that stuff, they'd be... I mean, they'd not have They'd have no idea. I mean, for real, they'd have just no idea. None. Because, I mean, we're talking about, like, things that I haven't said to, like, anybody outside of my wife. So, it, you know, um, with some of the things that have happened over the years. And then there's some things that, obviously, the cat Doug and I know about or Martin and the cat and I know about or the producers who've been on the show know about. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been through that. Uh, it's tough. The thing that separates, and I always say this, uh, but I think I said a, a couple of weeks ago, my dad said something along like, "Timmy, I I remember what it's like when you have this stuff. And, and I said, yeah, but the difference is our stuff is public, you know? And, you know, usually if somebody's getting written about with their careers, they're also making millions of dollars. Um, and so it's kind of like, oh, whatever, fine, fuck it. I still have my millions of dollars. That's why this is a, uh, a different spot. Um, so, I don't know. It's just it, because what winds up happening, if you play the handout, you get your short term moment, but it's not like it ends then. It's not like you then, oh, I'm in the end zone. Now it's over. Well, now there's a whole, now there's another game or now there's another drive, if we want to use the football analogy. And you got to, You got to go, oh, okay. now I got to tend to this because, you know, I mean, I could tell it and I'd put myself on a lie detector on all this stuff. Fuck, I'd go, dear, whatever, but whatever, whatever material amount of money I'll put out there and say, okay, you want to disagree? That's fine. Here we go. Let's put this in. You're going to match it. Good. And then whoever you can, you can keep it if I'm lying. Um, If I'm if I'm right, I'm going to give it to charity, Uh, whatever. However, my point is I'm willing to put it on the table with dollars to back it up and then we'll do lie detector because I just I wouldn't. I wouldn't just sit there and bullshit. Um, but it's not, but just because I'm telling the truth, it doesn't mean, like, what do I get out of it? So then you spend time on stuff, and now you're, now you're in the public arena. Now, what, Adam, you're asking about, it, I, I don't know, uh, I would imagine it's a private situation. You know, I just, I, I don't know how many times, like, uh, you know, like, you know, things, like people getting called out on something or another, whether it be on social media, and I Pete, you can speak to this. As a matter of fact, I know you can. And I'll say, answer the question, but be polite. And, and then, and and my reason is you can't, no matter what, it's just, it's an unfortunate deal. Like you can't come back at somebody with the same shitty attitude that they might be coming, even if they're completely out of line. If you come back with that, then you're the bad guy. So just state the facts uh, and do so calmly. One of the things that I admired so much I had in the, in the I guess we're approaching 14 years of Inside STL. We've only had to take two advertisers to court uh, in 14 years, which some people might be going, oh, my God, you had to take two advertisers to court. In my opinion, two in 14 years is a very nice ratio. Uh, when one guy flat out said, sue me, and we did, and then he's all pissy and when, he, when we actually did and then was threatening to counter sue and like and then the, and then he was such an ass on the stand that the judge almost held him in contempt it was great it was wonderful and then for another one um, the guy was it was obvious he was lying on the stand i mean it was in my attorney, and i'm sitting there and i'm just and even though it wasn't it wasn't that much money it wasn't like something that was going to make or break the company but it was annoying because it was a decent amount of money and the guy was lying uh, and and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching, and it's great because you're watching this person who has been lying to you for so long finally get theirs under oath, and my attorney is just destroying him, but it's just done in such a beautifully gangster monotone way. You know, it's not Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. It's just he's asking questions, and then it's like he's landed, and in- it's like a Mayweather fight. You know, he's just beating the hell out of (laughs) him. But if you're watching it from the outside looking in and you don't know any better, you're like, wow, this is just kind of boring. But if you know what's going on, you're like, oh, my God, he is absolutely destroying this man and is doing it calmly. And that's what I kind of like. That's what I kind of like, you know. So don't get me wrong. It's been tempting. I don't know how tempting it's been recently, but it's been tempting but I just, and then the other thing is, I always go back to Burt Kaufman with my advice, the guy who owns 920, who I just feel like is just sage. I always make the analogy to Doyle Brunson, the poker player, because um, he's in his 80s and he's just a smart and good guy and he's played radio perfectly. And uh, he's, you never want to get in a fight with a liar. You never want to bore words with a liar. I mean, you're going to, because you're going you're to tell the truth and then he's just going to make up something else and you're just like, yeah, I guess, you know what? You're right. What the, and I, and I, then I think, and it's so simple. And then I go, "Why the hell was I even thinking about that?" Like I'm disappointed in myself. So you know, now, now with regard to, so when you're talking about like things involving me personally or our business, that's that's one thing. Um, as far as things I see, I'm kind of like I said last week. If you listen to last week's question from the audience, like seeing what's going on with the media, like what's the latest one? I feel like there's a new one. Oh, the Jesse, Jesse Smollett thing, you know. You know, it's just have these things that just keep popping up, and then like people want either will really want them to be true, or they really want them to be false, and then it's like, whatever winds up happening, it's like yes, it's a victory for our side. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, it's also a felony. You know, yeah. uh, oh, I, what's going on with media? That's it, uh, and in like how it frames things. And then how people, even when they're proven wrong, will double down. I just go, God, how can you do this stuff? Like, I, like we were talking earlier on lack of self-awareness. I'm in awe. And this is not, this is not limited. This is, when I'm saying this, I'm not thinking, and I'm not going to say Fox News or I'm not going to say MSNBC or I'm not going to say the New York Times. I'm talking about, it's more like on Twitter, actually. Um, that's where I actually see it the most, and I'm just like, and then what about the people who did say this and that? And then wanted to, you know, what about them? You know, like, like uh Pete. We've been citing Rogan uh, quite a bit here over the last few weeks, and I was listening to, and I don't remember who it might have been, Sam Harris. We were talking about that one. I think he was talking about how Kathy Griffin went through what she went through, and she did the photo shoot with a holding up Trump's head, which was just like, what the hell, you know? It's like uh, she learned nothing from it. And then, and then. And then the thing happens with the kids from the uh, Kentucky private school, with the uh, the Native American, and uh, and she's like calling for names to dox them. I'm just like, you went through this, and now you're gonna. I mean, like one of the reasons why I'm so hypersensitive to the the call out culture is because I was in a in a, in a minor way, but I was still in the rec- I I know what it's like to open up your Twitter mentions and or your email and have people just lighting you up and going wow you're you're writing things that are false and I know that I can't engage with you but I I just I, I have a hypersensitivity to people being accused of things that they did not do and and and, the, and like the whole wave is going against them and they're innocent I have a monster hypersensitivity to that and so Kathy Griffin experienced it and yet now she's now now she's executing and I just go god I mean what so it's tough because it, I see it happening more and more, and it's really irritating to me. And I feel like it's, it's, it's as bad as it's—I it's, it's, don't even recall thinking much about it a few years ago. And now I see it on a—it's rate. like, what story is it going to be next that's been reported before all the facts have been, uh, you know, detailed? And, and then somebody has to apologize because it wound up being wrong. And it's just an amazing thing. I mean, going back to the Wainwright thing, for example. Adam Wainwright, I tweeted out the video, and I tweeted out that it was on at TMA STL, the morning afters account, and yet that I'm reading it on Sports Illustrated and CBS Sports and, I'm, and, and all over the place. It wasn't limited. And listen, I own Inside STL Enterprises. Or I'm the majority owner of it. And it kept saying it was on InsideSTL.com, but it really wasn't. It was on 590 The Fan KFNS. Now, Inside STL owns the, the TMA content, but... You know that's not that's not accurate. And then I'm just like, look at all these places. They're not. They're they're just. It even says in the tweet it's on at tmastl. But they're just taking it and running with it and copying and pasting. And you these are minor things that had no bearing on the story. Um, it just that was just an inaccurate thing. And uh, it just kept getting passed off. And I'm just like, yeah, it wasn't on insidestl.com. You know, and I and nobody called me to ask me. Uh, I will say this: the MLB Network called me or emailed me on. Uh, Monday of this week, and they said, how would you like it credited? I said, the morning after on 590 The Fan, KFNS, and InsideSTL.com. Um, with Tim McKernan, Jimmy the Cat Hayes, and Doug Vaughn. I can vouch so, for that. Uh, yes, you can vouch for that. You saw that. Did you ever see it pop up? They talked about it, and then we also gave them the DeWitt interview. I didn't see it pop up after we sent it to him, no. Yeah, when I when I'm not in St. Louis, I like never watch television. I'll watch the Blues games and now Cardinal exhibition games on the Fox Sports Go app, and then I just watch shows on Netflix. So I have I haven't watched MLB Network uh, to see if they've talked about it. But like I said, I said Gammons was down here the morning after it. But uh, you know, I get it. I don't I don't know if a time will come. Um, I guess I guess this is this is part of it. and I guess it should factor in the people who have lined up on the other side of me. And attempted to make shit up about me or call me names or whatever. I don't really need to say anything because most people know, you know. <laughs> even if they don't like me, it's kind of like, well, yeah, I, he's a pervert or he's a agnostic or you know whatever I am uh, in their minds that they don't like. But yeah, he's. He's a, the one thing he can say is at least he's kind of a straight shooter. Even though he drives me up the wall, and then the person or people who are saying I'm this and that don't necessarily have the greatest track records, whether it be with you know employment or telling the truth. Uh, you know, it's kind of like if I were running for office and Michelle Bachman or Sarah Palin or Rick Santorum or Pat Robertson endorsed me, I'd go, "Oops, I must have I must have fucked up." If that's that's who's lining up to support me, so I like it if. I'm on the other side of Michelle Bachman, Sarah Palin, Pat Robertson, Rick Santorum. you know if you you understand what I'm saying, so uh it'd be a different thing if it's like you know somebody who's credible is saying saying something, you know, then you kind of go, okay well, now now do i now do I go you know, but if it's like somebody trolling on social media or whatever, you kind of go, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. I've dealt with message board type shit for God twenty years now, it really is twenty years. If that gets you off, God bless. But uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know because I, I say this stuff now, and I just feel like inevitably there'll be a situation where I'm going to have to or feel like I've got to, and somebody might go, "Well, you said never to do that," and that's not what I'm saying. I'm just it's case by case. But I will say this: to get into a war of words with somebody who's a liar, I mean, shit. What do you do there? What a weird spot. Um, you know. So I don't know. On, on this one, Adam, I, I like the question. It's a good question just because it, it allows me to kind of just sit there and wander back and forth with answers. Anytime you can get away without responding, it's the best move. I oh, think. yeah. Well, I mean, because cause it conveys the 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 person who's accusing you of something, their irrelevance. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if St. Louis truly felt like it was a – not boring city so therefore we'll use the antonym of exciting it wouldn't bother us it wouldn't bother people what chris bryant said it's like if let's say you'll just put the shoe on the other foot for whatever reason yadier molina says oh chicago's a boring city why would bryce harper want to go there do you think anybody in chicago <laughs> would have gone they have just going, what the fuck's he talking about but okay you know and then on with the on with the day so that that's the thing so, you know, if it, if it hits close to home, then, <laughs> then there is a reason. It's because the bomb did damage. So, I don't know. I like the question. I like the question. Uh, I, it's just tough because I don't know what the circumstances are. Like, if you're in a public arena and somebody's writing about it and it could impact your business's revenue or your income, that's a different deal. And then also, if somebody's just flat out slandering you, you know, and then, you know, and it gets, does it get into your family? And then there's a whole other set of rules on that um so it's it's just a it's a it's I don't know the thing that I when I watch news coverage now or read articles and then like they just take quotes and there's outrage on social media there's uh, that's just like let's build our newscast or our 24-hour news cycle around there's outrage on social media and it's not from somebody who's been doing something for years it's just from a dude with a dog avatar bitching at somebody and then that's like used to justify a whole premise to build upon and you're just going what in the world but it gets people going. I mean, listen, I get it. It's like the question that uh, that was answered earlier uh, regarding, you know, putting uh, guys from Barstool on Fox News or whatever other cable news show. I get it. I get it. It's not like I don't get it. It just is that the game that you want to play. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to think I will never do that. So, if you think that if you think I've made the turn to the dark side, let me know because I'll. I'll have to examine myself, but I, it, I can assure you from the moment I've left Columbia, Missouri to this moment, I have never gone, you know what, today I'm going to stir the pot. Today I'm going to play this because it's going to get people going. I have zero interest in that. If I say it, I legitimately think it. As fucked up as you might think it is that I think it, I legitimately think it. I legitimately would really like to have a threesome this evening. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't be more sincere about that. I legitimately would. Do I expect it? No. It's Taco Tuesday anyway. It's Taco Tuesday, and it's tough to have threesomes on Taco Tuesday. But that's where I am, and I and I really am all over the map on looking at what's going on with media, and it's angering me to the point that I'm about to explode. But um, I really do think these things, and I think I think most of the people really do think the things. But there are some people who I think are just like, "Oh, this is what's working. My God, I can make you know seven figures in media now because I can play this game." I'm talking about obviously, you know, more of a national opportunity. Uh, I just that's just not that's not where I am. So you engage in these things and you go back and forth and people like it, but then it can wind up leading you to distracting shit and not really being productive. So I don't know. I, follow up with me on that, Adam. Get more specific and I'll attempt to dig in. Hey, thank you to all of our sponsors. Uh thehomeloneexpert.com, Mark Hanna, of Green Wealth Strategies, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. And then, of course, Mike Judy of MikeJudyPresents.com. MikeJudyPresents.com. He has shows coming out left and right. Follow him on Twitter or uh, on Instagram, uh, and you will see what he's got going. I feel like every time I'm opening up Instagram or Twitter, he's got a new new show coming out. Uh, local guy, independent guy, and bring some great shows to St. Louis. I saw there's a thread on the TMA fan page about uh, best concert you saw before the artists or the group blew up. And, uh, and that's essentially what Mike does. He does such a good job with that where you can see incredible talent in a in – unique venue and then johnny Landoff chevrolet if you're going to be buying a car if you're going to get a new or pre-owned car you're going to get your car service their parts department it's all so highly recommended they've been in the business since the 30s it's johnny Landoff chevrolet it's a family name and it's a family business first class online at landoff.com. highway 270 and the washington elizabeth exit johnny Landoff chevrolet for gangster pete back in st louis i'm tim mckernan In Jupiter, Florida, where the HomeLoanExpert.com studios are throughout Cardinal Spring Training. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network.